Hey, Sam, what's up? What's up? How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, another Wednesday, uh, midweek, just getting through all the work stuff. But really excited to be here, excited yep. for our live. And yeah, to so finally meet you. Have you on. <laughs> we got, we're bringing in Steph here, too. Here comes Steph. Steph, there you are. What's up? There, here I am. Sorry, everybody. Woo! We did it. <laughs> Woo! No, I only... Always a struggle to figure out how to get these things going. It's like, uh, yeah, I've always had technical difficulties starting these things out. But uh, oh, it's all it good. Was, I, are you? I heard you're up in the Cape in Cape Cod right now. Yeah. So our we live in Woods Hole, and then uh, we are actually out in P Town for the week. So Provincetown, it's like the very tip of Cape Cod. Um, we usually come out here for a week around the fourth, and then the uh, place we always rent they. We've kind of had crummy weather, so they let us stay a couple extra days. So, oh, very well, nice. Yeah, it's been a nice little trip. So, I've honestly I had the best whale watching experience in P Town a couple of years ago, watching the humpbacks in I think it was like early spring. It was crazy. There were so many different humpbacks out there. Were you on one of the boats, or were you just watching from shore? Or no, from one of the boats. We were right next oh, to them cool. as they were moving along and and feeding and just a very active population. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, I'll, uh, yeah, when we're sitting on the beach, I'll, I'll have my binoculars and I'll watch uh, where the whale boats are going and usually can, you know, spot them from shore. Or, you know, those boats are a blast too. It's, 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 it's a wild place. You're basically, you know, more or less you're 30 miles into the ocean. You know, it's like uh, on this peninsula, you know, off of Cape Cod, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's a crazy place to uh, spend some time. So yeah, this time of year, they have all the piping clovers, all the uh, nesting shorebirds that come. And so all the off-road trails are shut down, but it's cool to see, you know, all the wildness out there and all the uh, the bird nests. And, uh, you know, you never know what's going to wash up on the beach. It's a, it's a crazy place. Wow. Well, I can't wait to get back there. I've only been there once, so hopefully sometime in the near future. <laughs> when, when were you in P-Town? This was back in, like, 2017. So it's been more than a few years. It's been a while. <laughs> wow. Yeah, very cool. And you're yeah. down in Miami, right? Um, usually I am, but now right now I'm in L.A., so I'm on both coasts. Oh, nice. All right. Well, yeah. I'll do like a quick little podcast intro, and then we can just keep talking. So uh, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Sharks Don't Sleep podcast, where we talk to people making waves for the ocean. Today's guest is Danny Washington. She's co-founder and executive director of Big Blue and You a nonprofit based in Miami, founded in 2018 and run, or sorry, 2008, and run by women of color. Big Blue and You provides a global platform for younger generations to inspire ocean and conservation activism. Um, so we've got Danny, welcome to the show. And we also have Steph, who is our community director. She's on the, uh, she's on the live as well tonight. Hey, hey, it's good to be here. <laughs> awesome. It is. So what, what are you doing in L.A. versus uh, Miami? Well, I, you know, out here, it's where the entertainment industry is, obviously. And the work that I do uh, besides Big Blue and You is in science communications. And I work in television as a host. And so L.A. was really a natural fit. But I absolutely love both places. I love Miami just as much as I love L.A. And I have a lot of good people out here. But Big Blue and You has expanded our efforts, you know, across the country in different capacities, mostly virtual but we're finding ways to connect with young people about ocean conservation using art, science, and media. So it's always just coming up with something creative and how to get more young people connected to the ocean. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I remember uh, when we were prepping for this call, I was watching a bunch of your uh, like science the bleep out of it videos. Or, yeah. Those are awesome. Are you still making those? Or is that part of what you're doing in LA? Or uh, I, I thought that series was really cool and definitely tackled a bunch of questions that, you know, everybody has as a young person or even now as an adult. It's a, I thought it was an awesome series. Well, thank you. Yeah, that series, Science to Bleep Out of It, was all about, done by Facebook Watch and Insider. And so that was back in 2018. We haven't done another one since, but I'm hoping to be a part of more series like that. I'm constantly working on different projects. And, you know, within the TV world and the entertainment world, things are always churning and moving forward. And right now, it's especially busy because since the world started opening up back a little bit, uh, a lot of productions are ready to get going again. So I'm really excited and stoked about it. That's super cool. Yeah. And just to bring it back to kind of your origin story, how did you get involved with uh, kind of ocean conservation and uh, everything, you know, big blue and you? Well, the, back in 2008, I graduated from college from the University of Miami. I was studying marine biology at the time. And then I won this random contest online with Roxy, the surf brand. And they awarded me $10,000 for after I made this video about plastic pollution. And I used that money to start Big Blue and You. And my mom and I actually co-founded it together. So we're that's, a team. That's so cool. <laughs> She's on our board now. And, um, you know, it's been a gra complete grassroots efforts over the last 13 years uh, where we've connected with people in South Florida. But and beyond. We've been moving, you know, into different cities and trying to find our way into different youth events and just places where we can connect young people and make them, you know, elevate them as leaders. But honestly, Big Blue and You is my passion project. It's my heart. Uh, I just think back to when I was a teenager, when I was looking for something to plug into because I love the ocean so much. Uh, I, we just want to provide that for, for young people, especially now, because this generation is aware of what's going on out there and, and they're ready to take action. Yeah, very cool. And what kind of events do you guys set up with the youth? Is it uh, like cleanups and stuff like that? or uh, Yeah, we've done a ton, stuff? a ton of different cleanups. Uh, but our signature event is called Art by the Sea, where we invite artists and scientists, marine scientists, to come out to like a beachfront location or waterfront location. And we host a festival celebrating the ocean all day, where the scientists are leading these many little hands-on like science experiments, while the artists are hosting art workshops and so anyone who comes to the event gets to enjoy kids and adults alike there's paddle boarding there's kayaking drum circles yoga it's just an all-out day to just really fall in love with the ocean and a lot of the kids that come to our events um that might be their first or second time ever getting to the beach so we want to make it a positive experience for them so that they'll come back they'll cultivate a love for the water and then ultimately help protect it yeah i love that it just Actually, it, it, go that's actually Danny when we met we met in 2017 I think at an art by, I think it was art by the sea when I was working with DFO with debris free ocean yes. in Miami I oh was the yeah I was the education coordinator and I remember our DFO booth was set up we had our jars of plastic of mini plastics of microplastics and right across from us was this fella doing uh, surfboard art he was doing a mural on a surfboard it was the coolest thing. And the kids would walk by and just get so stoked. We also had a sea cucumber. They loved our sea cucumber that was with us. And they loved this guy doing the art on surfboard. It was so cool. But oh, I'll think that. That's when we met all those years ago. I can't believe that. That's about, what, four years ago now? Yeah, four years. Dang. Insane. So insane. But yeah, we've expanded ever since. Now we're working on virtual programming. So we have a new youth program coming out called Sea Squad, where kids can access these types of activities online and do it from home you know, just to adjust to the times that we're living in and giving parents and educators an opportunity to tap into some of those um, resources and activities that we, you know, we've connected with over the years. And, and now we're also hosting a volunteer project 
with the city of Miami Beach, Ocean Conservancy, as well as DFO, Debris Free Oceans. And we're all, uh, we have a group of teenagers from Dash High School in Miami that are going out to do surveys about plastic use. So talking to businesses, restaurants, and hotels, and checking out what they're using currently, like single-use plastic-wise, and offering alternatives and providing other options that we can help facilitate. So we've got a lot going on right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Busy summer. That's awesome. It's, yes. it, you know, it reminds me a lot of uh, a lot of the stuff we're doing. You know, we're definitely uh, bootstrapped, you know, grassroots brands started, you know, basically around the same time, maybe a little bit later than you, but really just, you know, built out of a passion for the ocean and in for Cape Cod here on in uh, where we are. But uh, yeah, I love your story and everything you guys are up to. Um, Thank yeah, you. So cool. Uh, so in terms of the the last year, has it been tough for you guys with, uh, you know, COVID and everything kind of did that kind of hurt what you guys are doing? Or it seems like you've pivoted to more online, uh, you know, storytelling and, and programming. Oh, yeah, we, we had to pivot. We had no choice. But thankfully, I don't do this alone. Um, I have a tremendous team that works, you know, alongside me. And I just, you know, their their passion, their love for the ocean shines through. Liz Dutra's on here. She's our programs manager. We have an amazing operations director, Kim, and a few interns that work with us. But we've always stayed really nimble. We've always wanted to make sure that we could pivot with the times. And we used 2020 as an opportunity to honestly to revamp the entire organization. We had hit our 12-year mark last year, and it was like, okay, well, time for a refresh and that's what we spent most of the year doing and it was a good distraction you know especially with everything that was going on in the world um it felt good to have an anchor and to know that you know work doing purpose-driven work is is where you find the most growth and um especially in trying times it's important that we all find our purpose-driven work in the world whatever that might be absolutely and how have you found like uh yeah voice and kind of like your your own path in kind of the STEM field where, you know, I think there can be a lot of, I think personally, like I, we post a lot of videos where we're coming from a angle of, you know, our own take on what's going on in the ocean or, you know, whatever, but wh where you uh, got that kind of confidence and ability to talk about the stuff you're passionate about it. You know, I'd love, I think our audience would love to hear more about mm -hmm. like just kind of where you, yeah, where that, where that passion came from and where you kind of have, uh, yeah, kind of been able to learn more about the stuff you care about? Mm, that's a great question. Well, I think that I stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, a lot of the energy that I get for doing this type of work is because of the people who came before me, the people who have been fighting for the ocean, fighting for the environment for centuries. And, you know, as a black young woman, it's important for me to know that my community, people who look like me are included in this conversation as well. And that is another source of my passion is like, I, I'm going to do this because I, again, can envision myself back at 12 years old, trying to look for someone that I could relate to that had a similar lived experience as me, but couldn't find them and didn't know what, you know, if I was going to, what I was doing. I didn't have a roadmap of what I, you know, what I wanted to complete as an adult. I wanted to study marine biology. That's all I knew. But I had a bunch of really great mentors and people who love me who helped kind of shine a light on the path. And that's what I want to do for others. So that's really what keeps me going. And honestly, like it all boils down to just a, a, the purest love for our planet. We are this planet. We are, we're interconnected with everything on it. And it's our job to be the stewards of it. So that's, that's how I approach every day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, what do you Thanks. see as 
kind of the biggest challenges kind of facing our planet this year? Like what, what are the initiatives you guys are most focused on headed into, you know, 2021 and beyond? Well, with Big Blue and you, um, we're definitely excited about the two programs that I mentioned, C-Squad, which is actually a partnership with Pangea Seed Foundation out of Hawaii. And we're just so, we're so excited to get that off the ground. Um, and then, of course, our volunteer work. But honestly, I think the most important thing going forward into 2021 is to help others think about our, I guess, our addiction to fossil fuels and plastics and the way that it's so intertwined into our everyday lives. And how can we innovate and imagine a better future? And that's really why we invest our time and energy into young people, because, you know, it's a little bit easier to change behaviors at that age rather than later on in life. So we just want to do our part and, and relate that connection. Again, it's not about guilt. It's not about making people feel bad. It's showing them. Oh. We, we lost you, Danny. Oh, Believe Danny, we generation. lost. Oh, so oh you, you cut me? out for a second Phone there. Yeah. Coming in. And, no, no, yeah, all I'll, good. I'll do that again. Oh, good. Sorry yeah, usually my, every time I do one of these lives, my phone will give me one of those, like, you have 10% batteries, and I'm like, <laughs> battery left, and I'm like, oh, my God. Perfect timing. No. So it's all, yeah, uh -huh. it's all good. When, so when you started back in, in, you know, in 2008, 2009, what were kind of the, like, how have you seen kind of this, uh, it, I feel like this whole, like, ocean um, conservation space has exploded, right? Like it's just become something, you know, from uh, skip the straw to, you know, everything around plastic pollution in general. Like how, mm -hmm. how have you seen this space change and in, in are you kind of optimistic about kind of the future of, uh, you know, the oceans and, and the, you know, conservation around, er, around these causes? Well, first off, happy Plastic Free July. This is a great month where a lot of people are talking about plastics and how we utilize them in our daily lives um, and how we can start to wean ourselves off of it. I do feel hope. I mean, every time I do a beach cleanup, I feel quite distressed because I know the ocean is just regurgitating all this waste that has ended up in the water, but it's our job to just pick it up and get rid of it, but then also assess what are we using personally? What, what are the things that keep entering our world and how can we find replacements? How can we shift to reusables? Um, I, I think we don't have any other choice, to be honest. Like, and humanity, like we're so innovative, we're so creative. Why can't we come up with a new material that's better, that doesn't pollute the environment, that can still save this, serve the same purpose? Um, and that's why I like projects and I love products like you know, uh, Cape class where you're, you're, some of your bracelets, your, your Ticos are upcycling plastic, finding a new use for the material that works so well. Me too. I mean, let's, let's, let's face it. Plastic is one of the best materials on the planet. It has thrusted us into this digital age that we're living in because I'm looking at a phone right now that has plastic components, my computer, my microphone, like it's everywhere. But how can we figure out how to use less of it and then also figure out better ways to handle the waste? and to manage the waste, because that was something that wasn't thought about by those who designed it. It's not based on a circular economy. It's not based on cradle to cradle and bringing the materials that you use first and then making sure they go back into a cycle. It's a linear system and that has to change. Absolutely, yeah. When yeah, we, sure. uh, you know, we've been in business for about five years, maybe even longer when we started developing that Tico's line. Um, and a lot of it came from, you know, customers reaching out to us being like, hey, why are you, packaging this product in plastic why why are you using uh you know a plastic mailer all all kinds of all great questions that were really just you know 
diving into our supply chain and, and kind of, if you're going to be, you know, obviously people are always going to buy jewelry, but it's like, you have to do it in the most sustainable way possible, you know, in uh, possible for what you're doing at the time. And in that kind of just tease this thread of like, what if we send something that the entire package you got was 100% recycled? And it really uh, has always been like, a, you know, it, it, they started as just kind of like an idea that's really, you know, we're a small company, we were able to, um, you know, figure out a supply chain like this. And I think it's just, you know, that's the trend. Yeah, it's definitely uh, a very important thing in in our space and e-commerce uh but you know just ge in general just to find uh the most sustainable way to uh you know go to be you know be a going concern and continue on with business but yeah i totally agree um steph what what resonate when you started you know i know uh so steph's been with us basically exactly a year now mm -hmm. working at class um but i know you had mentioned a few organizations but Big Blue and you was always the one that you kind of said you really, you know, enjoyed <laughs> and really loved it. It's like, what drew you to, you know, um, yeah, what drew you what, to them at the time? And yeah. When I was working with, uh, with Debris Free Oceans, I actually met Katie, who's the founder, her and her now husband, Jay, are the founders of the DFO. And I, before I moved on to Miami, I never met Katie. We emailed twice and talked on the phone once. And I said, I'm moving to Miami for three months. So I've always been obviously very passionate about the ocean and working with DFO and Katie and that small team of, I think, three people at the time that it was, um, we got to go out and meet these people and got to do tablings at different places around Miami and Miami Beach and Biscayne Bay, all these insane places. And one of the coolest things, like I said, was this art by the sea that we did with Danny. It was me, Tracy, who was the education, Tracy. Yeah, yes. love her. education yes, coordinator too. at the time. Um, and it was just us two doing this tabling. And I will always remember when you walked by Danny, it was like you were a celebrity with these kids. Like they just clearly, <laughs> they clearly looked up to you and they saw that you were this amazing woman of color who's running the whole show. It was just an incredible thing. So then I, I've lived a little bit of life since four years ago. I lived in Oregon for a couple of years. I went back home for a minute. Now I'm here in, in uh, Boston and Salem, but I always, with my job, I'm able, with my position with Cape Clasp, I reach out to organizations and brands and people who have the same passion that we do. And it was always you and Debris Free Oceans. I, those are connections I'm going to have for the rest of my life, I think, because of the incredible work that you guys do. And what you said about the young people um, being innovative and they're going to be the ones who save all of us. This it reminds me of this young girl. Um, I can't remember how, I think she said maybe she was 13, but she reached mm -hmm. out to us recently and she has this fishing line. She's in the Girl Scouts and she has this fishing line she's picked up herself and she wanted to donate to us to use. And unfortunately we don't have a receptacle for that, but her other idea was to put receptacles in the ocean and clean up the trash that's in the Cape. Like for this 13 year old girl to reach out to a company like us, like yeah, we're very small, um, but for her to reach out and I just think it's the confidence, the, it's just incredible that the young people can see when I was 13, I was, I love the ocean, but I was not worried about the trash in the ocean. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that it's just an incredible change that we're seeing with these young people who, like I said, they're going to be the ones that save us. So it's, yeah, it's, it's just so cool to see. I appreciate those kind words. Thank you so much. I'd like, uh, yeah, we, you know, this work is, it's tireless and it's continuous because 
we obviously have new generations coming up every day. And um, I think it's important for us to also help uh, just mitigate the climate like stress and, and anxiety that comes with everything that's happening right now for our young people. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why we're, we're so focused on celebrating what we have and making sure that we, we, we sh invest that love and then transfer that energy into action. And it's just something to be said, you know, I, I see a comment in the, over here from Little Olive Things that says, you know, also I think it's important to pressure companies, not just individuals. And I couldn't agree more. We can't put all the pressure on young people to, to you know, to think that this is all on them. Um, we're here to, to guide and facilitate and to figure out things. But there are, for me at least, for me personally, they're, they're my, they're just my fuel. They're the ones that I'm doing all this work for. They're the ones that I see the future for. And if we can envision it together, we can create anything we want based Absol on our experience absolutely. as adults, their innovation, their energy, combine that together, like anything is possible. Definitely. We had a, mm -hmm. uh, a, a class in Pittsburgh, a, a, uh, a class of like uh, elementary school students who uh, wanted to do a, the teacher, uh, Elizabeth Newell, she put it together. She uh, basically was a hundred questions sourced from our, our blog and, uh, you know, our videos and stuff like that. And uh, it was all like facts about the ocean. And the kids went out and uh, took the quiz in their um, parents or neighbors or friends basically had to say for every question they got right, they'd give them a nickel or a um, there was some kind of, you know, monetary, and then they were going to donate it to our nonprofit partners. And, you know, we, we did the whole thing. I, it was an awesome partnership in, but really, you know, my expectations were kind of like, I just thought it was awesome that these kids were uh, totally psyched on it. And um, I can't remember the exact amount, but it was close to $10,000 they raised, you know, in oh my gosh. town in, uh, in Pittsburgh for, you know, marine conservation. And, uh, and yeah, we basically pass that along to all our nonprofit partners. And I just was amazed. I mean, you know, we built the business we have, but it's still, you know, that's a huge amount of money to be able to donate to uh, these partners and be able to uh, support and, and, you know, kids are, yeah, they're definitely the future and they can do amazing things. It's, it's really uh, very cool. And they had the cool, you know, just the, the nicest questions for us and the most genuine questions about the ocean and what's going on with the ocean. And I, I really, yeah, I, I totally, it's definitely a, a great, um, like group to work with. Have you, have you always want, like, uh, when you started out, have you always wanted to work with kids and kind of educate that, that next generation? Yeah, definitely. When I was in high school, I went to a, a great program, uh, in Hollywood, Florida called the school is called South Broward, but they had a, magnet program for marine science within the public school and fun fact liz who's our programs manager at big blue and you we were best friends since high school we met at that program and uh, she's a marine bio accomplished marine biologist now but um yeah from then on we started going to elementary schools at that time to go speak to younger kids to talk to them about the ocean and from there that that love for just being with young people being with children learning from them having them learn from me like it's just the best thing in the world. Uh, I've worked at the Biscayne Nature Center as a, as a naturalist there for almost 10 years. And just being outside, showing them nature, expo exposing them to like really cool things in the ocean that they've never seen before. Like I cannot explain how great that feeling is. Cause it's like you're revealing a whole world to someone new and opening that door of curiosity. And I think that's where the heart of like, 
yeah, human creativity lies. You have to stay curious all the time. And, mm -hmm. and kids and young people give me that energy all the time to live off of. So that's what keeps me going. Yeah, you're definitely, and it's, it, yeah, it's like, I, I totally agree with that. You kind of get a, a rush or like, it's a, it's, it's just such a rewarding feeling to, sh to show young people that, you know, the ocean isn't something to be afraid of. There's so much you can learn from it. I remember last summer I was uh, down at uh, Quisset Harbor, which is like just a, a spot here in, in back home in Woods Hole, um, walking along the shorelines. And there were these two boys who were, you know, probably, you know, uh, six or, you know, six to eight years old. And they were terrified of these crabs walking around. It's like, oh, you know, these crabs are nothing to be afraid of. I picked one up and they were like, amazed they loved the whole you know they wanted to touch it and, and figure out like what it was and they had a bunch of questions and it's like i gave them you know what i thought was the right answer the <laughs> but you know who knows but it's just like more like then they ran off to their parents and like mom I, you know i'm not afraid of crabs anymore all that you know it's it's just awesome it just is uh yeah i totally love what you guys are doing from that perspective it's definitely the most important you know it like yeah just educating the youth about the ocean about um you know conservation is just so important and can really uh yeah help help a lot absolutely and i can't say thank you enough uh to you sam to you steph and cape class in general for supporting big blue and you's work like you take you've taken a chance on us you've invested i know it's like you never know with different nonprofits, but i just really appreciate the fact that y'all have stuck with us and um believe in what we're doing really appreciate it yeah, we really love everything you're doing. And uh, yeah, definitely, guys, if you want to uh, support Big Blue and You, check out bigblueandyou.org. And they're doing a ton of great stuff over there. And then, Danny, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. And Steph, thanks for yeah. uh, tuning in today as well. Um, yeah, thank, thank you so much, Danny. We appreciate it. And we love everything you had to say. Thank you so much. And I have one question for you all, actually. Oh, yes. what's, the, what's the story behind Sharks Don't Sleep as the title of your podcast? Oh, I think, uh, you know, it, it came from like, a, so we started this podcast probably like four years ago, and it's only had like 10 episodes or so, but at the time, it was kind of like, we're doing a, we had a 10, you know, a bunch of different projects kind of running concurrently, and I was like, uh, trying to come up with a good title, I was like, oh, sharks don't sleep, like kind of like an entrepreneurial spin on, you know, hey, if you're going to make things happen, you, you can't really, uh, you, yeah, you, there's not going to be a lot of rest for you. And I, I, I've had, a, I've actually had pushback that sharks do actually sleep. They, you know, part of their brain goes to sleep and all this. <laughs> I just thought it was like a, a funny title as like a uh, kind of like a, yeah, like an affirmation for me that like, you know, hey, if you're going to make this happen, you, you're not going to be able to get a lot of, you know, uh, rest in the meantime. I feel that. Yeah, that's entrepreneur life for you. You don't, you don't get. Team no sleep for the most part. Hundred <laughs> percent. Like you're kind of yeah. early on in your journey with like I feel like for for me especially you know even Steph's been here about a year but you know I still feel like we're just getting started like it's a, I love what I'm doing and I, I uh, yeah I but you know it's been probably similar amount of time ten ten years or so but uh, yeah it's 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 hard to look in the rearview mirror and, and realize all that time went by and it's like wow, I, you know, I've been doing this for a while, but I still feel like I'm just, you know, getting going. Just getting started. I love it. Well, the, yeah, I, I mean, and if everyone decided to follow through with whatever that, that fire is, what is that fire in their belly, the thing that's making them want to get up in the morning? It's like, whoa, what a world we live in right now. 
we saw that happen. And so I think you are a living testament to that. I think the work that we're doing at Big Blue and you could be a testament to that. But just follow what you're called to do. Go for it. Now's the time. We, we don't have any more time to waste. Absolutely. Yeah, you've, you, yeah, you're a living testament to that. But there's really, you know, like in this age, there's really no gatekeepers anymore. You can make whatever you want happen. And uh, we like to say, um, you know, it, like stop treading water and start making waves. That's our, our slogan. But I, yeah, you know, you're, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> make waves, Danny. So it all of that. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, it's so good talking to y'all. And hopefully I'm actually going to be in Boston in the next couple of weeks. So wonderful. Hoping, oh, yeah. We can figure this out. Yes. In person. Yes. yes. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. Absolutely. Coordinate. All right. All right. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Steph. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you so much, Thanks, Danny. Sam. We'll talk later. All right. Bye, bye Steph. Thanks so bye. much.